You're listening to a Mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello, I'm Aprajita from Mint's personal finance team and today I have with me uh, Mr. Anurag Jain. He's partner and co-founder at By the Book Consulting. He is an expert on taxation, social security benefits and regulatory matters. And today he is here with us to discuss some retirement investment tools like EPF, VPF and NPS. So let's discuss. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started with your money journey. Welcome Mr. Jain. Thanks Aparajita. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, when we start our jobs, very first job we start and then our employer, they open an EPF account for us. Mm. And that is how our retirement investment begins. Mm. Now, not many people are aware of VPF. So mm. there is something called VPF with that uh, retirement corpus can be increased. Yeah. So tell our viewers more about what VPF is and who should open it, why one should open yeah. it. Yeah, so VPF, uh, if we look at it, it it's called voluntary provident fund right. so when an employee joins the organization and depending upon the employee strength of the organization mm-hmm. there is a mandatory requirement for the mm-hmm. employer organization to contribute towards the provident fund now this contribution is done at a 12% employer and then employee matches that contribution okay. however having said that if the employee wants to basically build on his retirement corpus mm-hmm. and wants to contribute an amount over and above what is mandatory requirement then that is termed as a voluntary provident fund now even if the employee increases his mm-hmm. uh, his contribution mm-hmm. there is no compulsion on the employer organization to match, match. that contribution okay. that is one point the mm-hmm. second thing important aspect is whether the employees uh, should basically contribute towards the voluntary provident fund scheme or not what are the benefits mm-hmm. around it that is uh, uh, sort of like depending upon the compensation level of an employee mm-hmm. so typically a person who is earning at a is at a starting level of an organization mm-hmm. he might not be having that much disposable income on his hands right. and that ways he would be more keen on contributing towards the mandatory coverage scheme rather right. than uh, diverting his income towards the vpf right. but as the uh, career path of an uh, employee grows uh, they they grow in their stature within the organization they would be having more disposable income and hence they would be having this willingness to contribute more or increase their retirement corpus to that extent and that is where the vpf comes into picture because mm-hmm. government hasn't uh, basically said that there is any statutory mm-hmm. cap up to which they can contribute towards this amount right. rather vpf can be contributed uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, at best at a 100% of the basic salary mm-hmm. as well so, okay, so uh, well, uh, this is an important point that yeah. uh, in vpf you can invest uh, together including mm-hmm. epf epf yeah. plus vpf portion can go up to 100% of your basic salary amount so yes, that right. is important to know yeah. and uh, now there is this uh, new taxation rule that uh, if you are contributing beyond 2.5 lakh in mm. epf plus vpf then the interest component the interest income will get taxed yeah. so uh, now with this taxation rule in picture should people still invest in it because 2.5 lakh meaning about 2021000 rupees a month mm. so should people contribute more if uh, they want to or this taxation rule should they consider is it a dampener see this uh, we need to understand what was the intention of the government uh-huh. when they Why bought these changes in the uh, previous mm-hmm. budget see the intention was basically to curb the practice where in very high net worth individuals were parking their huge amount uh, towards this vpf scheme and then earning a decent rate of interest now to curb that practice and because uh, government also has to invest that amount mm-hmm. and if they are not able to uh, earn that rate of return 
still they would be required to basically mandate uh-huh. or meet yeah. that statutory mm-hmm. rate of interest okay so with that uh, thing in mind the government decided okay fine let's curb that practice the employee mm-hmm. contribution they have capped it to 2.5 see that couple of things one is uh, the amount that a person can contribute and the right. tax benefits associated around it however right. if they exceed that amount mm-hmm. then the differential interest Yeah. will be treated as a taxable income in the hands of the employee mm-hmm. now uh, many many employees come up to us and then uh, mm-hmm. ask us this question that with this tax mm-hmm. changes in picture should, should they even stop this practice of contributing uh-huh. more than 2.5 i would say no because uh, one thing is taxation piece the other is building a healthy retirement corpus mm-hmm. this is one aspect the second important thing is even mm-hmm. if we take into account the tax uh, impact the the net rate of return would be hovering somewhere around to 5 to 5.6% right. which is still better as compared to what mm-hmm. one would be getting when they would be investing in schemes like savings mm-hmm. they keep the money in their savings okay. account or rather they uh, invest in fixed deposit mm-hmm. as well even in this case the 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 return by the pf will be much better as compared to the return offered by these schemes and if we talk about asset allocation then we put we need to put some money in fixed income securities also along with equity so in fixed income if we consider all other option then obviously vpf gives you a competitive rate it's absolutely absolutely about more uh, than for 8%. 20 to 23 the rate of interest mm-hmm. prescribed has been 8.15% mm-hmm. uh, now discussions are happening within the government as to what will be the rate Next of interest for 23 24 mm-hmm. uh, we can safely assume it would be around mm-hmm. 8% because it also depends upon how the market has performed mm-hmm. so it all depends upon that but still uh, the the rate of interest being offered by pf is far superior as compared mm-hmm. to the rate of interest okay. offered by schemes like uh, uh mm-hmm. fixed deposit or your elss or your right. even and people are mostly aware about ppf mm-hmm. the public provident fund and they invest in that but mm-hmm. the interest component is much lesser than vpf and salaried employees they have this option to contribute to vpf then why not because you get yes. the closure written just as See, for salaried employee they have that much option uh-huh. available Correct. with them for a non salaried they have to go towards the ppf uh-huh. scheme only Correct. but Correct. for salaried employee they can complement so if mm-hmm. they are contributing towards ppf right. there's nothing uh, that prohibits them from not contributing towards a mm-hmm. provident fund they can do a right. simultaneous contribution towards both the scheme and yeah. as you rightly highlighted mm-hmm. the rate of interest in uh, vpf is far better Than and superior PPF. as compared to ppf mm-hmm. just to put things in perspective mm-hmm. ppf offers a rate of interest of 7.1% right. whereas huh. uh, vpf offers 8.15% there's a total 1% difference just yeah. that uh, yeah. after 15 years it's yeah. totally tax free the amount that you get in yeah, ppf that's right. Okay, and now uh, lately we have another investment option, retirement tool in NPS, National mm. uh, Pension System. Mm. Now, and uh, this option is open for self-employed and also for uh, employ uh, yeah. employees. Mm. Now, first uh, begin with uh, the benefit meant for employees, and then we can talk about self-employed. See, NPS uh, is a national pension scheme. Mm. It is regulated by a different body. Mm-hmm. PF is regulated by EPFO, which is Employee Provident Fund Organization. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, NPS is regulated by Pension Fund Regulatory ah, Development PFRD. Authority (PFRD). Uh, the second important thing is NPS is more kind of a very very voluntary scheme. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in case of PF, like the contribution has mm-hmm. to be made by the employer, then a matching contribution by the employee. Mm-hmm. In case of National Pension Scheme, uh, the employer can contribute, the employee mm-hmm. need not contribute, or employee mm-hmm. can contribute, employee need not contribute. or okay. both of can them can simultaneously contribute right. uh the another important aspect around is the flexibility it offers in terms of the investment choices mm-hmm. so there is a active choice and then there is a auto choice yes. again depending upon the age profile of the person the risk profile would be matched according to the mm-hmm. age profile mm-hmm. 
So the younger a person is, the higher will be allocation towards equity, maximum up to the extent of 75%. In case a person is contributing in a middle age or in an older age, then the risk profile will be tad much less. If we talk more so from the taxation side, again taxation is standing on a different footing. Because if we talk about VPF, it's a triple E scheme, which is exempt, exempt, exempt. Exempt at the stage of contribution, exempt at the stage of accretion and exempt at the stage of withdrawal. But NPS is rather a partial WT scheme. Exempt at the stage of contribution, again to the extent of 1,50,000 plus 50,000 additional limit. And the employer contribution is completely exempt, provided it is done at the extent of the 10% of the basic salary. At the withdrawal stage, things get a little bit trickier. Earlier, it used to be that the entire withdrawal used to be taxable. Mm-hmm. But now the government is saying, okay, fine, uh, because mm-hmm. there are limits around the withdrawal. Right. So once a person attains the age of 60, they mm-hmm. are allowed to withdraw the accumulated sum to the extent of 60%, right. which is mm-hmm. tax-free. And then the 40% can yes. be kept as an annuity, which mm-hmm. uh, you need to invest with the specified annuity service providers. Okay. And then you get pension, which is fully taxable. So now uh, let uh, I will ask a couple of more questions with NPS so mm. that uh, we can simplify it for viewers. Yeah. So uh, employer contributes, not all employers yet offer NPS. Mm. I think I am not sure about the number, but not all. Mm. Uh, but 10% of uh, basic salary employers contribute to NPS and I believe it's uh, not a part of either ATC uh, 1.5 lakh or uh, 50,000 additional ATCCD1. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's different and it uh, applies in new tax regime. It is over a number. So if you it can is explain, over a number. And that's uh, the beautiful part about it part, because yeah. 10% employer contribution mm-hmm. uh, can be made. Uh-huh. It is first taxable income. Mm-hmm. But when we go below the line, uh, when we calculate the Chapter 6A deductions, right. under the Chapter 6A deductions, it is completely allowable. So it is right. not tagged with your 1,50,000 or 50,000 limits. It's right. completely independent. Yeah, so employees probably when they are switching jobs and they can ask their employers, do they offer NPS? And if they do, then employer contribution is really very important. Absolutely. Keeping a new tax regime. In fact, many companies have started uh, Mm. uh, basically putting this component in their compensation structure. They've started Mm. realizing they need to also uh, promote this particular Mm. scheme. It's a very, very beneficial scheme for the employees. And it promotes uh, for them to create a good retirement corpus Mm. as well. So that's why we will see many companies who are mm-hmm. looking at incorporating this particular component in the compensation structure. Okay. In fact, I think in uh, today's article only they have suggested that they, mm-hmm. it has grown twice. The, the corporate okay. model of the NPS uh-huh. has grown twice. Oh, the AUM uh, is really going at yeah, faster yeah. rate. And if somebody resigns, then what happens to NPS account? Only employer is contribute, has contributed so far, now mm. the person resigns. Mm. Now what happens to the account? See, if the employer has contributed, the mm. employee uh, resigns from that organization. Mm-hmm. So it all depends upon whether that person is joining the other organization. Then uh-huh. he can ask his employer to okay. basically Same contribute. Otherwise, what he can do is he can voluntarily himself also contribute towards the scheme. Okay. And that is where the PF is a tad bit different from the NPS because okay. NPS accords that flexibility mm-hmm. to the employees to mm-hmm. continue their contributions. Otherwise, if they don't, then the account will be treated as a dormant account. Mm-hmm. Then uh, just explain this part also. If somebody resigns, mm-hmm. now what happens to uh, an EPF plus VPF account? To uh, For how many years uh, the uh, corpus will keep uh, attracting interest and 
when will it get dormant all these aspects yeah so so not many considering people that people uh, it's uh, they have resigned for good for a couple of years they are not working they have been joined in yeah. other so not many people are aware that mm-hmm. uh, when you leave the organization mm-hmm. and you decide to switch to the other organization then you need to basically transfer your entire corpus to the new uh-huh. organization you have to tag it to the new establishment course uh, people usually withdraw it <laughs> people tend to usually mm-hmm. withdraw it uh, without understanding the ramification because uh-huh. if a person has rendered a continuous service of mm-hmm. let's suppose 3 or 4 years mm-hmm. he decides to leave the organization doesn't join the other organization uh-huh. and withdraws that then that entire amount is basically taxable income in the hands right. of the employer uh-huh. the second important is even if they have rendered a 5 years of continuous service mm-hmm. to the organization they leave the organization mm-hmm. let's suppose they want to go in for entrepreneurship they want to uh-huh. basically go in for a self employment Hmm. then they do have the flexibility to withdraw that amount okay if they withdraw it okay fine uh, uh, then uh, depending again whether they have rendered the five years of continuous service or not hmm. that amount will be taxable or non taxable okay. the second thing is even if they are self employed hmm. either they keep the money in their pf account keep mm-hmm. earning interest the interest uh, they will continue to receive till the re- age of retirement as prescribed by the pf which is okay. 55 years mm-hmm. once they attain the age of 55 then they have to withdraw this amount within okay. a period of 3 years okay. if they don't withdraw it then it will be treated uh, that that interest portion uh-huh. uh, will stop in occurring in their after account. 58 years Uh, uh, no more interest after but, 58 years yeah uh, but so far the corpus and interest income everything when whenever they withdraw it it will all be absolutely taxed. unless they are the category of people because we see uh-huh. many people who are leaving the organization uh-huh. they are mig- uh, migrating for Abroad, permanent employment uh-huh. uh-huh. then in such case again the 3 36 months this tenure uh-huh. comes into picture because okay. uh, the interest will uh, keep in occurring till uh-huh. that 36 months after that it will be treated as an inoperative account okay so in what situations this 3 month uh, uh, See, it three is years. Uh, this three years in operative mm-hmm. cycle begins once a person attains mm-hmm. the age of retirement, which, okay. as per the PF, is fifty-five years, mm-hmm. and then leaves the employment. The second is, uh, of course, the expiry of an employee. Uh-huh. Uh, the third is when they settle abroad, uh, they okay. do a permanent migration. So okay. there are uh, like three mm-hmm. or two four circumstances when this will be mm-hmm. treated as inoperative. But leaving employment and mm-hmm. then keeping the money in your PF account will not stop the interest. I mean that is the okay. misconception that many employees are having. Correct. Uh, so apart from these three four situations, if uh, EPF money is there lying with EPFO, then it will keep earning interest no matter when the account, uh, no matter fresh contributions. Yes, but another important mm-hmm. aspect I would mm-hmm. like to highlight here is mm-hmm. the minute you leave the employment. Let's suppose mm-hmm. you have rendered a five years of continuous service. You mm-hmm. leave the employment, and let's suppose there are cases wherein people make the withdrawal claim after ten years. thinking mm-hmm. that my entire pf corpus is tax free but okay. the differential interest earned mm-hmm. from the date you leave the employment till the date of the withdrawal uh-huh. will be treated as taxable income in the hands of the employer all right okay so while employment if mm. whatever we have contributed the interest component the interest income over that be tra- tax free mm. but after we resign mm. from that on to wherever we withdraw mm. the entire time period interest income uh, during that period interest income will be taxable right, right, that right. is what it is mm. okay really interesting to know i wasn't aware about mm. this aspect not many people are uh-huh. so Our job is to basically clear that <laughs> misconception. Correct. That's very uh, nice that you shared, highlighted this point. Yeah. And now, uh, why people don't want to in, uh, invest in VPF or NPS is because lock-in period. Yeah. And people want liquidity. People want to have access to their money. Mm. And precisely why people don't invest in, mm. uh, don't want to invest in VPF mm. and NPS. So, your comments on that? First, uh, you explain the lock-in period, how long it is, and then uh, should it be a deterrent? See, lock-in period is uh, mm-hmm. first and foremost 
uh, we have to understand that these are both retirement schemes. Mm-hmm. Why the government has put in a kind of a lock-in period is they don't want uh, to encourage people to withdraw this or treat it more like a savings account, mm-hmm. wherein you just withdraw it and then again put in the money. Uh-huh. So to deter them, they have come out with various restrictions around it. And this right. is for the benefit of the employees. Correct. Now, having said that, the government also recognizes uh, that, yes, there mm-hmm. might be a uh, time in your life when you would be needing access to these funds. And that's mm-hmm. why they say, okay, fine, if you are having some, some uh, circumstances like marriage of a daughter mm-hmm. or education or right. construction of a house and you need mm-hmm. access to those funds, mm-hmm. then based on your membership. So mm-hmm. if you have rendered a membership of a, up to a prescribed period and the mm-hmm. amount of contribution, you will be allowed to have access to those funds as well. Okay. So five years and seven years is typical uh, period uh-huh. of membership for a PF. In case of NPS, it is three years. Mm-hmm. So once you have contributed towards the NPS scheme for a period of three years, you mm-hmm. can have access to that 25% corpus. Mm-hmm. And once you withdraw that amount, that is a tax-free amount. That so, 25% be tax-free? Yes, that 25% is tax-free. Yeah. And uh, I think if somebody wants to uh, discontinue NPS, mm. then again, you can't get access to all money. Only 20% you can have with you and 80% can So that is called as a premature withdrawal. Uh-huh. So one is you take an advance from NPS or PF. Uh-huh. The other is you do a premature withdrawal. So uh-huh. before attaining the age of 60, if you want to basically withdraw that entire corpus, uh-huh. then 80% is uh, what is you mm-hmm. have to put it in annuity and 20% uh, you will uh, get as a accumulated sum. And that annuity, uh, 80% annuity will start right then or people will have to wait to turn 60 and then? Yes, you will have to wait till because huh. you have taken the annuity, you have to For basically take huh. annuity with the authorized service providers mm-hmm. and then earn pension okay. income out of it. Uh-huh. Just uh, another point I would like to hear, I think uh, there is this limit of 5 lakh also. If mm. your uh, uh, corpus, the, what you have uh, yeah. accumulated is less than 5 lakh, mm. then you will get the full amount. Yeah, because it's, it's a nominal uh-huh, corpus, so I think the government re- recognized that if you have a very nominal comp- uh, corpus, mm. then you can withdraw this amount. Of, it uh-huh. doesn't make sense to invest it in annuity because mm-hmm. there would hardly be any return coming out of it. So that's okay. why they have kept this limit to 5 lakhs. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, maybe in the coming years they might increase this limit as well. Correct. And uh, about NPS, people have this fear that it's market linked, mm-hmm. uh, market interest rate, and uh, it, it will keep varying depending on how uh, stock market performs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, this risk factor, but as you grow older, I think your equity component decreases automatically. Yeah. So, this feature of NPS, please explain it in detail. See, uh, so what, what, what NPS is, uh, I would say, if I if I try to see with other global schemes, I would say uh, it's very closely related to what in US uh, they have called 401k schemes. Okay. So, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of a, uh, you can say, mutual fund, mm-hmm. but government-regulated mutual fund scheme. Right. Wherein you invest in and uh, it helps mm-hmm. you in building a retirement corpus. Now, mm-hmm. the scheme comes with that if, uh, that you can get a flexibility as to how mm. you want to invest it. First of all, there are fund managers. These mm. are authorized fund managers. There are banks like SDFC, ICCI, UTI, mm. uh, who will be basically uh, investing on your behalf. Right. The second thing is, uh, as you rightly highlighted, it is market linked, but up to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Again, depending upon the profile, whether you uh, have a chosen an active profile or auto profile, your your uh, uh-huh. the, the segregation of the investments will be done likewise. 
So uh-huh. if you have opted for an auto profile and you are 20, 25 years of age, mm-hmm. the higher uh, amount will be allocated towards the equity scheme mm-hmm. and then to the government's bonds and the corporate bonds. Mm-hmm. Likewise, if you have started contributing towards NPS in an older age, right. the greater allocation will be towards the schemes like government uh, bonds uh-huh. and corporate, which are much more safer instrument okay. as compared to equity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we we all know that uh, if a, if a, uh, investments is being done in a market linked. or equity then of course the rate of return will be a tad bit higher as compared mm-hmm. to your normal saving instrument mm-hmm. but i think average wise it, it comes uh, somewhere around 10 to 12% as we have seen in the track record for the five uh, yeah. past years and i think investors also get an option to choose between aggressive moderate yeah uh-huh. so that option is there uh, along with active and absolutely uh, and, and the beautiful so, part about it is even if you have opted for one option mm-hmm. you have you the switch. flexibility to make that switch as well of course uh-huh. there will be some uh, switch related charges but again it is quite nominal as compared okay. to what is being charged by mutual fund and uh, other other financial managers mm-hmm. which is a very nominal amount and that's why okay. uh, we say it's a very very flexible scheme wherein you have the liberty to do all these uh, sort of Genius. like uh, mm-hmm. moderations and uh, uh, exercise of the options so it's like pfrda they are doing the job of being a financial planner and they are doing it for you that is how the scheme uh-huh. has been structured in fact Uh, we are hearing a lot of uh, uh, things wherein they are saying they might come up with a scheme mm-hmm. wherein they would say okay fine mm-hmm. let's uh, let's uh, make it a tad bit similar to pf and okay. give a minimum assured rate of return on nps so that okay. kind of uh, schemes mm-hmm. are also being discussed Haan, so it will cater to conservative uh, investors yeah. uh, yes and now uh, finally uh, according to you what how to create a retirement portfolio for a salaried employee mm. so an ideal retirement portfolio and how should they go about it having a proper asset allocation and reaching closer to retirement then how to switch see i would it? say my 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 mm-hmm. advice or recommendation to employee uh, uh, group would be to first mm-hmm. and foremost start early once they get employed of course start investing early in this retirement corpus mm-hmm. the second is again depending on the organization you are working for mm-hmm. if they are basically promoting pf nps go in for both the schemes mm-hmm. again keeping in view the disposable income you mm-hmm. want to have because you have to basically manage your family affairs as well uh-huh. so keep that aspect in mind but do invest because these are schemes uh, uh, we have to basically remember the power of the compounding as well mm-hmm. so because you if you start early then it will help you in maintaining the mm-hmm. healthy retirement corpus as well as protect your your corpus from the inflation adjustment as well we know mm-hmm. the inflation is a tad bit higher right now so in order to protect your investment you have to basically keep on investing mm-hmm. in schemes like nps and uh, pf plus at the same time there are many organizations who also go in for a superannuation fund mm-hmm. as well yeah. so if employees get that option they should exercise that option that is another good scheme uh, yeah. that is there i know that many organizations are not offering superannuation but again yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a good scheme which helps in building a good retirement corpus so what is exactly what superannuation fund superannuation scheme is uh, something which is uh, mm-hmm. uh, basically you won't find any separate or dedicated legislation around it it is all mm-hmm. governed by the income tax regulation okay. so employer basically mm-hmm. contributes uh, around 15% of the salary employer can make a contribution towards superannuation mm-hmm. and it is tagged with the limit of 7.5 lakhs only Hmm. So employer contribution including EPF VPF NPS yes. everything so employer uh-huh. contribution to PF NPS and superannuation cumulatively uh-huh. cannot exceed 7.5 lakhs uh-huh. in a in a in a fiscal year I think year. it can exceed but uh, if it exceeds then uh-huh. the delta portion will uh-huh. be treated as Tax. perquisite income mm-hmm. in the hands of the employee mm-hmm. and that incremental rate of interest will also be treated as uh, uh-huh. uh, income in the hands of the employee mm-hmm. but this is another scheme which is there not uh-huh. quite popular not many people or organizations are doing it 
the the old organizations like Tata's and uh, Reliance, uh, they mm -hmm. used to have this scheme. This might still be running that scheme, mm -hmm. and this has to be approved by the Commissioner of Income Tax. Mm -hmm. Then it is treated like an approved superannuation fund. Correct. So I think if uh, we uh, look at it in phases, then mm -hmm. if somebody starts working, mm -hmm. then they start with EPF. When they have uh, probably some amount to uh, take out, then it, they may go to VPF mm -hmm. and then gradually moving to NPS. Yeah. And then some bit of equity component also in Absolutely. equity mutual fund along Absolutely. with it. Absolutely. And then uh, that's how closure to um, their retirement, they will have this fixed income portfolio of EPF plus VPF. Mm -hmm. And then NPS will also be closure to fixed income because their equity component will start decreasing closure yeah. to retirement. And then they also have equity portfolio. So best of all yeah. at the same time look at other schemes like uh, mm -hmm. the government has rolled out very good schemes like Sukanya Samridhi is a very good scheme Haan, if you have a female uh, mm -hmm. a daughter uh, basically a daughter then uh, in such a case Sukanya Samridhi scheme is mm -hmm. another uh, which Haan, offers a good rate and then there is the senior citizen schemes as well Haan. so uh, do look at things in totality and then mm -hmm. accordingly allocate your portfolio to these different different schemes right right uh, thank you so much, thanks, Anurag. Thanks uh, you have shared really interesting uh, yeah. insights and uh, I hope you also enjoyed our show. So our message is that start your investment for retirement as early mm. as possible and don't focus on higher in-hand salary. You need to invest for your retirement. Then EPF, VPF and NPS, these are really great investment tools that you must make use of. Thank you. To stay updated on this podcast, follow us at HD Smartcast on all the major social media platforms. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to www.hdsmartcast.com.